0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football today.
1: Sue's back roaring into week number one. What a huge slate of action on this Saturday. College Football Today brought to you by Bet DSI. I'm Joe Lisi with Rich Sermonello and Hey, Marenzi. We're going to be with you for the next three hours, guys. I mean, marquee action last night. We saw some games: Syracuse, Western Michigan, Stanford, San Diego State. I, I think we're poised for a great slate of action today, Rich.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not uh, just easing into the 2018 season, are we? We're just jumping right into it. Great action, renewal of Michigan, Notre Dame, first time in the last four years non-conference battle between Washington and Auburn huge game for the Pac-12 and we had some exciting action last night as well and is Jim Harbaugh
1: on the hot seat if he loses tonight Gabe because you're sparking the Michigan jersey they need to win tonight in South Bend
3: yeah I don't know if Harbaugh's uh, in the hot seat but I know I'm in the hot uh, seat (laughs) sitting in the studio with you guys Uh, but it's great uh, to be here we had a great time last year and You know, there's a couple of uh, themes that we've heard all week. Um, who, Who losing is more devastating? Is it more devastating to Michigan? Is it more devastating to Notre Dame if they lose this football game? I don't like to look at it that way. I like to tip my cap to these programs that are actually willing to play somebody. Maybe Urban Meyer's suspension would mean something if they weren't 40-point favorites today, right? Yeah. Or we see Wisconsin deciding to open up with Western uh, Kentucky, a cupcake uh, schedule. So props to Notre Dame and Michigan. Props to uh, Auburn and Washington, these teams, like us, that are willing to jump right into the pit. We don't need any preseason. We're ready to roll a big game. We'll have our pick for uh, Michigan-Notre Dame a little bit later on.
1: Yeah, we're going to take you through the, through the next three hours. We're going to give our analysis about the top 25 games, give our best bets, talk a little daily fantasy on DraftKings. We're going to be joined at 11:22 22 by BetDSI, the sports broker's uh, CEO and president, Kevin Todd. He'll get, join us, give us some takes about some of the big games, Miami, LSU, Washington State, Wyoming, and, of course, some of the other games today, Auburn and Washington as well. For me, the one game that stood out, though, that we didn't speak about, Utah State pushing Mark D'Antonio and the crew to the limit, 38-31. to They lost that matchup. Did have the ball with about a minute left to pull off the upset. Yeah. But is Michigan
2: State overrated at this point in the season? You know, I think, I think one of the mistakes we make at this time of year is we tend to overrate the importance of week one or underrate in some cases. We saw some, you know, epic offensive performances. Nevada puts up 72 points last night, but it was against Portland State. So what do you take from week one? My take is Michigan State showed a lot of resiliency, number okay. one. And number two, what I thought all along was Utah State has a lot of veteran talent. If you look at returning lettermen, returning starters, Utah State loaded with veterans coming back. And by the way, Jordan Love, who looked great at the end of last season, the quarterback— Played pretty well last night, so I think Utah State's going to be uh, kind of a fly in the ointment out of the Mountain West.
1: Yeah, and you have to think, Gabe. I mean, was Michigan State possibly looking ahead to that September 8th matchup in Tempe against uh, Edwards and Arizona State? That could have been on their minds last night. Did they come out flat from a betting perspective in that ball game? I, I'm almost with Rich here. I think Utah State, I think the Aggies are just that
3: good uh, this year. Listen, the Aggies used to be a covering machine and a great program that flew under the radar. They were really hit by injuries. You know what they remind me of, guys? Northern Illinois, who we're going to get to. Northern <laughs> Illinois was sort of the the class of their conference, a physical smash-mouth football team. Utah State plays smash-mouth football. I think it was stylistically a good matchup for Utah State. I think Michigan State probably overlooked them a little bit and didn't really realize this isn't a paycheck uh, team that's coming in here. This is a physical football team, a very physical football team, uh, a disciplined football team, and who would have thought – uh, that uh, Bryce Love wouldn't have put up the uh, the most uh, numbers for the players called Love uh, last night. But, you know, I'm very intrigued by the, the overreactions and underreactions or are who these teams, who we are, who they thought they were, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's yeah. hard to say. I'm not going to try to pull out off again. Right. But specifically, we look at Colorado State. Hawaii looked great against Colorado State. Colorado State looks like it's going to be a long season for these guys uh, this year. We're going to find out. There was a ton of line movement Um, since last week with the Hawaii and the Navy number. Point spread was 17 points, guys. It's down to 10 right now. We'll track all the line movement over the next couple hours as well for everybody.
1: Yeah, that's the bailout game at 11 o'clock later The degenerate uh, special, guys, the bailout.
3: And, you know, it's the bailout. It's sort of like good news, bad news, right? You celebrate, hey, let's have a drink. Oh, God, what a day at work. When you get home, Rich, you unloosen the tie. You know, we got to have a drink. You have a bad day. It's like, man, I better get get some money back on this Hawaii game." You have a good day. It's been great. Let's let's let let's go. So either way, we're all betting the Hawaii
1: game tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing for me when I look at Michigan State, Lawrky made plays when he had to. We'll see if he could do it on the road against uh, many weapons. Great play by uh, some, Felton some, Davis. Too. Yeah, that and was Felton a, Davis. He was, uh, he was covered is one, one of the, the top, top wide receivers in, that, in the country in, in, uh, and
2: made a beautiful play. Unbelievable. To bail out that yeah, offense. yeah, we'll yeah.
1: see. We'll see how it plays out in week number two. Let's turn our attention to a marquee battle in Atlanta. It is Auburn and Gus Malzahn yes. taking on Chris Peterson. And Washington. I mean, this is a make it or break it game for both teams. When you look at Auburn overall, I mean, the one thing that stands out for me uh, over since 2014, 11 and 13 on the road or on a neutral field site, that's a 468 winning percentage. But you look at their four losses last year, Rich, to Clemson, LSU, Georgia and UCF all on the road or on a neutral field site. This is their third straight game in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Is third time a charm. I'm not so sure. I like Washington in this matchup.
2: Yeah, I I like Auburn. I I have a feeling that I'm the exception (laughs) in this trio. I I like Auburn. I'm going to simplify it and say, take a really good SEC team versus a really good Pac-12 team. I'm going to take the SEC team. And, And I think it'll be close and competitive. I love Chris Peterson. I think Jake Browning will have a strong senior season, and I like Miles Gaskin, but for me, what it comes down to is I watched and re-watched and watched again last year's Fiesta Bowl between Washington and Penn State, and Washington got obliterated at the line of scrimmage. And yeah. I expect to see the same thing against Auburn. Auburn's defensive line doesn't get enough attention. We focus on Clemson, rightfully so, Ohio State. But Derek Brown and the boys up front for Auburn, I think they're going to chase down an immobile Jake Browning. It's going to be close. I think it'll be a great game, but I think Auburn wins it. Well, they're going to need to run the football.
1: For me, the one thing that I look at in this ball game: in 12 of their 14 games last year, they rushed for over 200. In, in four of... They're 14. They rushed for over 300. There were 4-0 in those games and won those four games by 28 points per game. But when you look at their losses last year, Gabe, I mean, in all four losses, they failed to rush for over 200 and lost those four games by 10 points per game. They're going to need to run the football today against the front seven, even though Rich mentioned they got obliterated by Penn State. They still only allowed 100 rushing yards to opposing offenses last year. 17
3: returning starters are for the Huskies. We talked to her briefly earlier about Notre Dame and Michigan and the pressure that's on both these programs. Let's be real; this might as well be a playoff game for the Washington Huskies today. And I'm with I'm with Rich in the sense that we have an elite uh, an elite SEC team taking on an elite Pac-12 team, a Pac-12 that went one and eight in bowl games last year. Uh, Washington Huskies are 0-3. Since 2009, they've played the SEC three times. They've lost outright and failed to cover all three times. Auburn, 5-2, and two, uh, their last seven against the spread uh, against the Pac-12. There's just too much of a discrepancy here. Uh, and and Rich brought it up, that the bowl game. I mean, we talked about the game against Alabama a couple of years ago. I'm not going to hold that against them. It was a great accomplishment to get there. But then, you know, the bowl game last year. Anytime there's a big game, Browning hasn't really... Taking that the team to the next level. Peterson's a great coach, 17 returning starters. They got Gaskin back, but that you know that front seven that you talk about it with, with the Auburn Tigers, it's gonna be a little much. Now offensive line's got to be a concern here. And something interesting, really interesting here as well. Gus Miles on guys, oh six and one against the spread, the last seven times against non. SEC opponents. We saw they, they didn't get it wow. done against uh, Central Florida on this exact field. The, I'm really, really looking forward to this football game. This is basically a playoff game, guys. Not so much for Auburn. Auburn wins the SEC. They're going to the playoffs. Yeah, but but for Washington, schedule, it is. Though,
2: Gabe, look at that schedule of Auburn. I mean, they're, they're going to get no breaks in the no. SEC West. They have a brutal Listen, schedule. I think they're Westerners. a little they bit overrated guys Washington. coming into the year, look, to be but, honest. But let's be honest. I think I mean, they're a little overrated, yeah. but I still
1: think they beat Washington today. They, they, their offensive line allowed 36 sacks last year. Auburn. That's yeah, Auburn. And yeah. The, the pressure's going to be on Jared Stidham to stretch this Washington defense vertically. No I mean, on Johnson yeah, to yeah, hand it
3: off to right carry now either. No
1: Johnson or Cam Petway. They, both of those guys yeah. combined for 24 rushing touchdowns close to 1,700 yards. So they're going to need that type of rushing. Cam Martin is not the same type of back like carry on Johnson to pound it between much the tackle. Yeah, much more. And when you look at back. that loss to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they shut down the run. They forced Stidham to beat them over the top. And that's the matchup I think you watched play out for, if you're a Husky fan, can Jared Stidham beat that secondary over the top? Because they do have a significant speed advantage. Now, Trace McSorley was able to do that in the bowl game, but a little bit different type of personnel. Ryan Davis is not an elite wide receiver, is a good wide receiver. Auburn doesn't play with a tight end like Penn State did, so it's a different type of scheme, and Auburn needs to run sideline to sideline in order to move the chains that's the matchup I think you watch play out. That's why I like Washington and the better coach, in my opinion, since 2014, Gus Miles on 4-10 and 10 yeah. against top-ranked competition. This will be an embarrassment, actually. You know, we talked
3: about all the pressure being on Washington, but how is this not an embarrassment for Auburn if they lose three consecutive games? In Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah. in, the, yeah. in yeah. SEC country, in Georgia's backyard, yeah. Alabama. Saban owns that building. Sabin's won more games than the Atlanta Falcons have in that stadium. I think, you know, he what is he thirteen and one or whatever. And they, you know this is recruiting wars too, guys. Yeah. You're in the backyard there. Some kids thinking, damn, I ain't going to Auburn. They never win. I saw them three times in a row in my backyard. I never seen them win a game.
2: Well, I'll piggyback off what you said, which I think was a very good point, and that is kudos to both of these programs because these are the games that college football fans want to see. These are the measuring yeah. sticks. And if you walk they out deserve here with credit, a w- so I don't want
3: to pick on a team. Oh, you're terrible. You're you're done if you lose these games because I agree. You got to tip your cap yep. to these guys.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's going
1: to come up to two- can they shut great, down? It's a Miles great, it's, too. A great match it's a great matchup. Yeah.
2: styles, the speed of Auburn, the power of Washington. I love it. You could say what you want about the
1: SEC playing FCS opponents later in the year, Rich, but, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the, week one – SEC fears nobody. LSU, Miami. You You're right. Alabama, Louisville. Last year, and it Alabama, does anger Florida me State. watching
3: Alabamas and Auburns of the world playing the citadels in, in Week Ten and stuff. Yeah. I well, think that's ridiculous. Oh
1: yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. But play a Sun team at least. Yeah, but at least right? at least Week One, you can say, especially when there's inconsistency. You're right. Lack, it's an exhibition game. Lack of yeah. cohesiveness. It's a preseason. That's why Alabama makes it to the College Football Playoff every year. I mean, because these Week One. You're right. Games, if you look over the years, I
3: remember. I remember my. Book Boy, Bernard Robinson throwing all the interceptions at Jerry's World against Alabama. one of these openers? Because I've heard Alabama haters. Oh, they're opening up with Louisville. They don't want to play anybody. I'm like, dude, uh, they kicked the crap out of USC Lamar in an Jackson, opener a couple yeah, of years they, ago, they, right? They
1: scheduled that. I mean, if Lamar Jackson yeah. was here in Louisville, uh, I think a lot of a lot of people would be tuned in as opposed. It'd be to Be interesting. What would it be if, if Lamar Jackson's half, around? That's a
2: great question. Yeah,
3: he probably. And I don't uh, want to sound I, I crazy say, here, but listen, it's 24 say,
1: points right now. I would say 11. I would say 16. Would you? Yeah, I would yeah. say 16, just because of a defensive perspective. Like the price little... is right.
3: I'm going to meet in the middle, 13 and <laughs> a half. Well, we'll touch
1: on that game. We'll touch on that
3: game. So how much course. impact does Lamar Jackson have on points per in college? Maybe 10, 14 right. points yeah. in reality. Most yeah.
1: dynamic college player over the last couple of years. On a fast track?
3: On a yes, fast track? In,
1: in the Citrus Ooh. Bowl
3: in Orlando. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this because I was in Las Vegas last week um, with uh, with Joe. <laughs> uh, Richard, you, you got you to come down to Vegas and see his suits. He rolls out like the... He, he rolls out his a game in Vegas Don Johnson
1: style Miami Vice nice you know cream uh, colors I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it that's it week one I bro- broke out the powder blue I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling <laughs> good here so both of
2: you love. No, Auburn. No, I wouldn't say love. That's not one of my best bets of the day. I like Auburn. I I'm lo- confident I in love Auburn Washington for today. today. I I do. I think they step up. I think better. You know
1: what? Goals. I wanted to say, like, I'm starting to fall in love with them. Well,
2: Browning. Yeah, Joe, yeah, the the, the mean, more Joe, the more Joe loves Washington. I'm really it's getting SEC it. versus Auburn. Pac-12, exactly. man. And, and, and you know what? It's not pushed? a bowl game. It's not a meaningless bowl game against UCF. Well, I don't, they I they know were really one and eight in bowl games last year to
1: Pac-12. Who rushed for more touchdowns than Bryce Love last year? Anybody know? Maybe Miles
2: Gas. Maybe he did. Yeah, but you know what? Over maybe, maybe he was facing Pac-12 21. defenses. Maybe maybe, maybe. maybe maybe, SEC defenses are a slight bit better than Pac-12 uh, we'll defenses. Maybe. Speed
1: kills. Speed does
2: kill. We'll Watch see. I, I think Auburn's been hearing all offseason that people we'll think see. they're they're a little bit overrated. I think they're going to come we'll out We'll see. It's today. a 3-30 kick. It's on ABC.
1: We'll turn our attention to the big one. I love this game. It's Michigan on the road in South Bend. Both teams <sighs> since yeah. 2006 have struggled. They last played in 2014. Michigan has won six of the the last nine, they've won those six games, gay by 14.5 points per game, and you look at the three losses, 18.5 points per game, but I'm all in with Shea Patterson in this matchup, he's the difference maker for me, and more importantly, you look at the losses for Notre Dame, no McGlinchey, no Nelson, no Adams, no Brown, but will put a lot of pressure on Brandon Wimbush, who only completed 48% of his passes to win this ball game for Notre Dame at home.
2: Yeah, uh, touchdown Jesus. I say touchdown Shazus tonight is what we'll be talking about. <laughs> touchdown Jeebiz t- tonight. I, I, I think it comes down to Shea Patterson, but I think, I think it comes down to Don Brown. Uh, Don Brown will not be putting a helmet or pads on. He's a defensive coordinator for Michigan. He's got that a lot of talent to work with. That defense is phenomenal. Led the country last year in pass defense. Every one of those defensive backs are back. Also brought back a starter from Utah KCUs. They are loaded. I'm not a believer in Brandon Wimbush. I think he's a one-dimensional quarterback. I don't think he has elevated as much as people have said in the offseason. Michigan defense, better quarterback in Shea Patterson. I think the Wolverines go on the road and get a huge relief victory for Jim Harbaugh. I
1: agree with you. One thing about Michigan in their five losses last year, Gabe, they only completed 48% of their passes, 938 yards, one touchdown, and six interceptions, and more importantly, that offense only averaged 87 rushing yards per game. They became one-dimensional, but I looked at the way you beat Notre Dame, guys, is you have to challenge that secondary. Mike Elko is not there. They allowed 212 passing yards per game. All signs point to a double-digit win for me.
3: Last year, the Michigan Wolverines, guys, their quarterbacks through for a combined nine touchdown passes, their lowest output since 1975.
1: Wow. When we come back, Go. we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up. Notre Dame in Michigan, keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, Gabe Morenci, right here from Studio 34. On college football today, powered by Bet DSI. Joe E.C., Rich, Sermonello, Gabe Morenci will pick it up from where we left off. Notre Dame, Michigan. Rich and I both love Michigan in this battle. I think Michigan wins this ball game. No joke, 13 to 17 points. Their ability to pass the football on first and second downs will open up the running lanes for Higdon and the uh, backs for Michigan. And I just don't think Notre Dame has the type of personnel to keep up in this ballgame.
3: You know, you guys were talking about Wimbush and the fact that he completed, what, 48%, 49% of his uh, his passes last year. And that was with two NFL first-round draft picks uh, protecting him. Right. uh, In front of him. What's really intriguing to me about this football game, we talked earlier about the pressure that's on on Harbaugh and not winning big games, one and four, uh, against uh, state, uh, both states, Michigan State, et cetera. As a lifelong Michigan fan, this is a big game. I grew up, when, you know, I got goosebumps right now. One of my favorite, probably one of my, uh, my favorite college football memories is Gary Moeller, of all coaches, <laughs> going for it. It was like a... John Vaughn, the running it was back like, then? Yeah, I love John Vaughn. We're going old school now. <laughs> But it was Elvis Gerbach, and it was like fourth and one at Notre Dame. It was against Notre Dame, and they threw into the end zone. Notre Dame stacked the box. Of course, I'll remember the game. I'm old. Elvis Gerbach's first high school game. Uh, first uh, game out of Cleveland in high school in Desmond Howard. It was the game that uh, Rocket Ishmael returned two kicks. And they asked Bo Schenbacker after, would you kick it to him the second time for because we hadn't had a, someone return a kick on me in 14 years, you think I, you think I thought it was going to happen twice? So where I'm going, this is a great rivalry. This will be a signature win for Harbaugh if he can get it. There's a lot at stake here from a football standpoint. You brought it up. Uh, you both brought it up eloquently. We talk about that Michigan defense, fourth-best defense in the country last year. It'll be even better this year. Gary's going to be a monster. They just produced studs in the defensive backfield. The offensive line is the only little concern. There's a lot of pressure on Shea Patterson. He's, you know, he's deemed the savior. And, hey, I was just happy we had McCaffrey coming in here. But Patterson's even better. But what I like about this game, guys, and Michigan is nobody knows. What's Michigan's offense going to look like? I don't know. What are they doing? Are they going to do zone read options? Everybody's saying, Oh, he's his own read option quarterback. Now he's gonna be playing in an NFL
1: set. Last time I checked, Harbaugh went to a Super Bowl with his own read option quarterback. Yeah, but he's not as mobile as Kaepernick was with San Francisco. No, no. But I'll no. say this. I'll say this about Notre Dame. They rushed for two hundred and sixty nine rushing yards per game last year, Rich. In all in seven games, they rushed for over three hundred. They won all seven games by twenty six point seven points per game. You look at Michigan's front seven with Gary and Winovich there, they only allowed hundred and twenty eight. Rushing yards per game. If if Patterson jumps up early and forces Notre Dame to play from behind, that goes right into the strength yeah. of Michigan's defense. They can get after him. I know Josh Adams. Yeah. Josh Adams is gone. Brown's They're gone. Notre Dame
2: running back. Equinemius is right. gone as well. You lose the two top offensive linemen, and you know we didn't even mention Devin Bush right. on the second level. I mean, Devin Bush Long is like the a secondary? guided missile on defense. Winovich, Rashawn Gary. I, I think we're in agreement. I, this is not just. A pick for me, this is a best bet. Yeah. I believe that strongly. You know what, Tony Miller
3: at the Golden Nugget, which we were last week, when, when Tony Miller released uh, the, the opening numbers, Notre Dame were like six-point favorites yeah, in were. this football game. Seven-point favorites. It's been bet all the way down where Michigan, it's been bouncing around, guys. It's gonna it's essentially going to close it. a pick them. The only thing that worries me, I, I haven't really heard too many people tell me, you know what, I love Notre Dame in this
1: game. I'm betting Notre Dame. And as we know... Yeah. But you you'll know, get the we in the
3: public are often
2: you're, wrong. You'll, you'll it get, worries me.
1: You'll get the backers from Notre Dame. the The one concern if you're Notre Dame is if Brandon Wimbush struggles, does Ian Book come in like he did yeah, against I mean, LSU? He, book is no, I'm sorry. He's a journeyman. I agree in. with you. No, I'm I agree marginal. with you. a Michigan a better, better? I hope he does. Yes. Exactly. But, but he was <laughs> exactly. he, he led the victory over LSU, and I think when you look at the line movement overall to get that victory in the Citrus Bowl last year against an SEC opponent is probably why Notre Dame possibly opened as a seven-point favorite in that matchup by Tony Miller and a lot of the books out in Vegas. I'll say this about the strength of Michigan's defense as well. 26% on third-down conversions holding opposing offenses. If you cannot run the football on first and second down and you put Brandon winbush into third down and long situations, that's a recipe for That's turnovers. exactly what yeah. Georgia did in that ball game when they won 20 to 19. He could not convert on those type of situations and that's why they won. More live
3: movement guys just quickly on this football game. We've been talking about it bouncing around all week. Suddenly, the Michigan Wolverines are now two-point favorites in this football game. Yeah. I think people are listening to us, our yeah. conversation yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, the total, quickly on the total, 46, pretty low for a college football game. Yet, I am expecting a lower-scoring game. I'd be surprised if they got into the 50s tonight.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll turn our attention to another marquee battle. It's in Arlington. It's Sunday night. Mark Richt in Miami, 10-3 and 3 last year. Play Ed Ogeron in LSU lost four games last year, nine and four, a lot of pressure. Joe Burrow does come over from Ohio State. He'll get the start in this ball game. This is a very tough spot for LSU, but I think the physicality on the offense and defensive lines. For the Tigers is the difference. When you look at Miami guys last year, 3-1 and one on the road or on the neutral field side against teams like Duke, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Florida State. Those teams were combined 17-21 and 21 overall, and Miami won those three games by only 11.3 points per game, Rich. They lost three straight at the end of the year to Pittsburgh, Clemson, and Wisconsin. This is a very physical front on both sides of the ball for LSU.
2: I uh, disagree. Okay. Uh, the offensive line is horrendous. This we'll is a see. This could be a historically bad LSU offensive line. Struggled last year. Uh, no longer have the great backs in the backfield. No Leonard Fournette. No Darius Geis. And got a wide receiver from Texas Tech and Jonathan Giles. Giles I'm very interested in seeing. But Joe Burrow in his first start for LSU, that offensive line is horrible. And, and that's why I like Miami in this game. I think it'll be low scoring. I think it'll be a physical alley fight type of a game. But LSU's offensive line is not physical. It is a horrible unit. They have suspensions. They They have defections. It's a marginal unit against a Miami team. Manny Diaz is going to step up the pressure, I think that's where Miami wins this game. I don't like the Miami offense. I'm not a fan of Malik Rozier. That's why I'm still a little bit lukewarm on this pick. But that offensive line, that offense in general of LSU is going to struggle against Miami.
1: I disagree, I, and I understand why LSU is a dog here. They lost 76% of the rushing yards production with Geis, and uh, you look at Darrell Williams moving on, and 80% of the rushing touchdowns from last year. But edwards uh, brought, brought Brissett? I I like them here. And more importantly, Rich, here's the matchup. Malik Rogier going up against that LSU secondary that only gave up 187 passing yards per game. This is a Miami offense that only converted 29% on third downs. He's going up against a veteran secondary led by Greedy Williams. That's the matchup that I watch. And let's be honest, I mean, not a lot of game film on Joe Burrow. I, I agree with you 100%. He hasn't started a game But if LSU can jump up early and force the game on Malik Rozier and that offense, I think they got a shot here.
2: And Miami also has the more proven running back uh, in in Travis Homer, Homer, who played well last year in replace of Mark Walton. Uh, I don't like either offense. Uh, To me, this game comes down to the wide receivers. Jonathan Giles on LSU. Amon Richards of Miami. If one of those guys can pop a big play, stretch the defense, get that 65, 70 seventy-yarder to kind of open up. I, I think drives are going to be long. They're going to be going to be ugly. It's like a twenty-one. It's going to be. It's going to be It's going to be an ugly game. It's like uglier game. going could be a track
1: meet, but there's no Barrios. You think it'll be? A I, track I don't game. see how it no. turns into a how, track how, meet, Joe. Herndon, Herndon and no Barrios. Because I think LSU speed. I think you're. I think you're. You're not giving LSU. Berrios, Berrios not being there. He was the third I mean, down magician, right? Both of those Ro- guys. Rozier, but tight end is a little inconsistent. didn't play at the end of the year last year. Both of those Berrios and Herndon, combined for 95 receptions, a close to 13 receivers. Guys, touchdowns.
3: LSU lost 14 starters,
1: and and, and Rich. But t- it's LSU. It's
3: out, yeah, but how it's since when exactly, LSU LSU Joe? Yes, last couple of years. It's LSU. Yeah. When since when is LSU been anything? Well, this yeah. is the their LSU that mer- you know, beat Auburn. Their last win year, total was seven and
1: and a half. They beat Florida last year when Florida was supposedly good, good and came off back Florida to back. It was
2: awful. Well, this, these are two year, programs:
1: 17-16 early on. Then McElwain left. These, Let's be honest. That was a that was a very critical game for LSU when they beat them in the swamp. LSU's last year. been These are
3: programs going in two completely different directions. Um. You know the, the the guy that likes to eat chicken on a stick. <laughs> I like that chicken on a stick uh, down there. I think he's in a lot of trouble here. He's a nice guy. Oh, a he's a decent recruiter. He's he can't last, win football games. Last year. He can't yeah. beat teams with winning records. Yeah. Mark Richt is an elite football coach, guys. All right? You know, he got pushed out of out, out of Athens. He's an elite football coach. He's done a great job recruiting. Listen, I used to bet against the Hurricanes last year. I thought they were overrated, and the point spread was a little bit much. I just don't see Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow's not going in here in his first game and beating the Miami Hurricanes, in my opinion.
1: All right, let me just say this. You know I'm a Georgia fan. Mark Richt from 2001 was a big game head coach. He the reason why he's no longer coaching in Athens is because he failed to win the big game. This is a big game, and when you look at LSU's offense, I know that Geis and Williams aren't there, but the, from an offensive line perspective, they still rushed for over 200 in six games last year. They were six and zero, and they won the. Whose six- players? Whose players that Kirby Smart went to the championship game I with? It took him two Mark years. Richt. It took him two years, though. It took him two years. And speaking of LSU, maybe
3: Les Miles would look pretty good there right now, wouldn't he? Winning winning 10 games every year.
2: You want to talk about coaches. I'm only believing in Ed Orgeron if somehow by Monday night (laughs) they're telling me that uh, he's the interim, or by by Sunday night he's the interim head coach. I wouldn't bet on Ed Orgeron. I I wouldn't bet on him if he was in the arena league. LSU wins this game
1: by double digits.
2: Oh, everybody's double digits today. If you're
1: going to lay three points, you're expecting them to win by four? I think it's going to be a close game. go no, are no, you, know, already
3: Lang with lightning I,
1: bets? You want to lay, lay some lightning think. bets well, no, LSU? Double-digit win? Let's lay pay a five-point favorite and hope they win by six. I mean, who does that? If you're going to bet a team, you bet an underdog expecting to win, you lay a favorite. What's the line? Is this, this, bet the money line. I'll give you the money line right now. The money line Miami's in this favorite. game.
3: Is uh, LSU plus one forty one? You want it? You, yeah. You know, plus one forty one for them to win the I'll game. All right. Value. Yeah. See, plus to me, that's not enough value. I would rather get the three not and a half points game? at forty cents. But
1: you want to lay the wood? You want to lay the three points? I'll take the three points. No, I'll I'll let, have a side I'd bet rather
3: on. lay minus one sixty on the money line. I think Miami. Why beats would you them. lay
1: one minus one sixty if you like Miami? I they, think they, it's going to be a you, low scoring, so you think ugly they're game. Be, win by one? They're laying two and a half.
3: It's three and a half. All right, three. It's bouncing around. Lines going up. Yeah. Nobody likes LSU. Here. I love LSU tonight. I mean right. tomorrow
1: night. Tomorrow I night. do. All right, let's I'm move getting on. confused too. I keep saying I know, Monday. I know. I know. I know. That Sunday. game Monday Sunday night. night. Let's let's week turn 1 over. always has let's an odd Let's turn, odds turn over. Over. Now I
2: love this You're game. It's getting all fired up I here, am. man. It's week 1 of college football. Yeah, hey. You're down in the Michigan. Who's the- winning by double digits next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got next? <laughs> Rich, I'll lay this Ohio State winning by double digits. I'm going out on a limb. That's my bullpen. pick. cup. Tin cup. He
1: lays up with the soft one. Come on. All right, let's turn our attention. LA, uh, Louisville and Alabama. Alabama hasn't lost a week one game in 16 straight years. They've won those 16 games by 24.8 points per game. But here comes Bobby Petrino and Jawan Pass, 24-point underdogs against Tua and Jalen Hurts. I love Louisville only upset today. 35 31. Oh, Cardinals almighty. get the win. Outright. O- outright.
3: Someone call Plus a medic.
2: 1,300. I think on the Joe was having a stroke Plus on the air. Did they legalize in marijuana in, in the did. state of New York? Joe he was did. actually stroking out on the air as he <laughs> suggested
3: yeah. to Hey, never I use Louisville that Louisville. phrase again, stroking out on the I air. I love Louisville <laughs> today.
1: I do. Oh, it's good. Tell me why. I think you're. Well, right. here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, let's let's look at it. You look at the teams that challenge Alabama. Let's look to 2014, Kevin White and Clint Trickett, 26.5-point underdogs. They challenged that Alabama defense vertically. They lost that game by 10 points, had the football to win in a position to take the lead, and Clint Trickett couldn't make plays. So that's number one. You look at some of the other teams that Alabama has struggled with from a defensive perspective. Teams like Ole Miss and Chad Kelly, Clemson, you look at last year where Colorado State put up 23 points on that defense. I think Louisville has wide receivers. Jalen Smith is there, Fitzpatrick, Dawkins. That trio combined for 147 receptions, over 2,300 receiving yards, and 20 receiving touchdowns. The way you neutralize Alabama's defense is you run at them. Scene patterns, post patterns, dig patterns, so that they can't run sideline to sideline. And there's a mobile quarterback in Jawan Pass that was a four-star recruit. I think they get them into a
2: high-scoring game and challenge them from the get-go. What happens if the Louisville offense never gets on the field? Because the Louisville defense is awful. So you you get And a they are going game. to get destroyed at the point of attack. Okay. To me, all the talk in the offseason was Jalen and Tua, which, quite frankly, right. I've gotten tired of it. I, this, this is Tua's job, in my opinion. You have a veteran backup, which is great. This is a Damian Harris, Najee Harris. Oh, they're going to run the football. I mean they they're, they're going to run right through that defense. So I, I don't think and I am bullish on Puma pass long term. Yeah, I think any quarterback with Bobby Petrino tends to do a good job. But in week 1 with an entire offseason for Nick Saban to prepare, I know they have a, a rebuilt secondary, but right. I think they'll rebuild very quickly. That front 7, those linebackers, Mac Wilson and Anthony Jennings, they are going to hunt down Puma And I think this is going to be just another typical Alabama opener, 37-10, 38-13, something along that line. Well,
1: here's the thing about their offense over the first uh, half of the season last year. They were 8-0, and they ran the football with Jalen Hurts, Gabe. 298 rushing yards per game. They won those eight games by 33.3 points per game over the last six games of the year, minus the Mercer dominating home win. That offense only averaged 170 rushing yards per game, and their margin of victory over those four FBS opponents was 10.5 points per game. So even though they won the national championship, it was a different offense at the end of the year. And when you look at the returning starters from an offensive perspective, Ruggs is there, Jerry, Judy, both of those players only combined for 26 receiving receptions and eight receiving touchdowns. That's because Calvin Ridley was yeah, but there. Ne- but right, but now Ridley is not there. So one of those yeah, guys are going to be... In. You know how it works
3: I in know, Alabama. Yeah, A game well, over, please. I'm- this game is really interesting. and I know Joe... Uh, and that's where I was going with Vegas at his great suit. He was buying nice suits because he called <laughs> Louisville outright. <laughs> all right? I wanted to close that suit store. And I'm standing I'm honest. starting. Listen. listen, all summer I was, I was saying to myself, and this is something to hang our hat on. I'm here to give you guys some numbers and some trends. Uh, Coach Saban is 1-12 against the spread. 1-12 against the spread when laying more than 21 points against a non-conference opponent. He'd rather kick the crap out of Tennessee. He'd rather beat up Mississippi than he will a non-conference team when laying a boatload of points. Uh, and this is this is a great one as well, courtesy of Mark Lawrence and his playbook. Petrino has coached 176 college football games. He's only lost uh, by more than 24 points 14 times. So we, we have a lot of numbers. New coordinator with Alabama. So we was sort of trying to talk talk two new coordinators. I was trying to talk myself into. I can live with Louisville, and ironically enough, Pass guy's name's quarterback. Like, how cool is that, right? Uh, Alabama actually recruited this kid, so they know him well. Coach Saban knows him well. He wanted him to be uh, a Crimson Tide. So, 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 I, I think Pass is going to be good. You know, the gambler in me wants to take the points. The, you know the the guy that's watched Alabama kick the crap out of everybody, and I think uh, I'm with Rich on this. You can talk about the quarterbacks all you want. You can talk about Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor with Wisconsin, and Bryce Love, etc. Let's talk about Damian Harris because you know this kid is a monster running back uh, as well. I, I think it's going to be really close to the number. It's not a best bet. I mean, come you're on, sweat, step you're up, up and make a play. Already. Come on. Hey, listen, I'm giving a play here. Louisville plus the points. You go. I'll give barely. It a, I'll, give, I'll give barely. A They're not winning out right though, cover. Joe. Here's, here's one more staff for Saban. No, no, since we're going to ju- squeeze. We're going to hold on. So yeah, Alabama will be up, and they won't go for the jugular, and everyone get mad. But
1: then Jalen Hurts comes in. He's, he's going to come in with something. Since to prove in 2007, the second half. Nick Saban seven and one against the ACC. And has won those seven games by 21.1 points per game. So, all. What about the Louisville defense? Or, can they. We'll can, see. Listen. Hold that thought. When we come back, we'll be picking it up. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Marenzi live from Studio 34. Back on college football today, powered by Bet DSI, Jolisi Rizzo, Manello, Gabe Morenci. Mixing it up about some of the top 25 games later today. We're just getting started, Joe. Uh, Yeah, breaking news though, and I might be in trouble, but starting offensive tackle for Washington, Trey Adams did not make the trip for Atlanta. I don't care. I still like (laughs) Washington. But, Gabe, what's the recent uh, update with that line at Auburn, uh, Washington right now with Adams out? Well, I can tell you right
3: now, um, the money just came in, ironically enough, on uh, North Carolina State against James Madison, just to let let people know. I we cover everything. It went game. from 10 to 10 and a half. I don't know. I think people are buying into what Lisey's selling, Rich, right now. I'm worried. I'm what. scared. I'm worried about the intelligence of our viewers <laughs> uh, right now. I'm like pain. Live Weber. movement on Louisville, down to uh, 23.5. Somebody nice. just bet on Louisville, uh, significant to move the so number I'm... half a point um, out there uh, in the desert. Um, so money coming in here on Louisville. As far as you know, not a lot of, um, not a lot of uh, significant movement because of the fact that Adams uh, is out. You know, Johnny Q Public doesn't really know and follow. You know, they only really know skill position players. Right now, actually, it's up a half a point. So we got Auburn up to two and a half right okay. now.
1: All right, we'll see. Great game Monday night. I mean, it ends Labor Day. It's, it's Virginia yeah. Tech and Florida yep. State. I'm really looking forward to this game. I mean, when you look at this matchup, you got Justin Fuente, uh, Josh Jackson at the quarterback position. Bud Foster. DeAndre Francois gets the start over James Blackman. Very intriguing. Uh, and when you look at Willie Taggart's first career Start and head coaching at Florida State. I know Bobby Bowden's been at campus all summer long, trying to rejuvenate that program after Jimbo fisher bolted for Texas A&M. But here's the thing. I like Virginia Tech in this ballgame. You look at Florida State, Rich, last year. Five of their six losses came within the ACC. They lost those five games by 12.4 points per game. I know you're going to say it's because Francois was hurt. Yep. But that defense, with Derwin James' sweat, did not step up against some of the better teams on their schedule. I like the the speed of Virginia Tech and, more importantly, the athleticism of Josh Jackson to put pressure on that defense Monday
2: night. You know, I I probably, like you, I love week one because you get this extended first week of college football action. Starts Thursday night, ends Monday night. And I, I think it'll be a great atmosphere in Tallahassee, where Florida State is 6-0 and all-time against Virginia Tech. My concern here, I like Florida State. I don't love it. It's not one of my best bets, but I do like Florida State because I think DeAndre Francois, you're right, that's where I was going to go. Francois was ready for a breakout season last year before getting injured. I, I think he's a next-level quarterback with a next-level running back behind him in Cam Akers. Now, how does the offensive line do? That's a big concern, but in terms of Virginia Tech, Josh Jackson is inconsistent. Showed that last year. And defensively, yeah, it's Bud Foster and Virginia Tech's always good defensively. They lost a lot of players. I mean, they really Mook, got hit. Mook, hard. Mook Reynolds kicked off. Yeah, Mook Reynolds suspensions is gone. as well. Adonis Alexander leaves the program. Edmonds. So, both so, of them. So the secondary, both Edmonds obviously right. are gone. So the secondary in particular, I think is going to be vulnerable. I expect to see a big game from Francois. I, I see Florida State. 10-11 point victory against Virginia Tech. I would i be shocked if this yeah. was closer. No. Right. But I like Florida State. I got to take Taggart. a full touchdown a here bit, guys. They're a bit of a wild card in the ACC.
3: I got to take I think they are a wild card in, in the ACC and we're looking to be as somebody that looks at against the number against the spread. Uh Fuentes one of the best coaches. You know, he's 8 and 3 his last 11 trips as a as a road underdog. Uh and Taggart? I don't think I have to tell you guys this, but for the benefit of our viewers, Taggart's the only coach in the ACC with a career losing record. I read an interview the other day, a piece uh, interviewing coaches uh, off the record, anonymous, overrated, underrated coaches. Taggart was voted the most overrated coach. They said we don't know why this this guy keeps on getting the keys to these these fast sports cars, and he really hasn't proven anything. They have a ton of talent. I'm not ready to lay the seven here either. I, I'm gonna. I think I'm, I like Jackson as well. I think he's going to be better this year.
1: Um, I'm going to take the points in a close football game. I think this one comes down to the wire. Yeah, well, here's the thing I look at when I break this game down is can Josh Jackson get on the perimeter? You look at Florida State's defense last year. I mean, they allowed around 125 rushing yards per game, but against some of the better teams, Boston College. But they're an undisciplined Uh, team, Joe. That's what bothers me about FSU. They're undisciplined. that's good if you're taking Virginia Tech. Here's the thing against against, uh, Boston College, Clemson, and Louisville. Florida State allowed over 200 yards. They were 0-3 in those games, so that had nothing to do on the on the offensive side of the ball. It was that defensive front seven, and those linebackers allowed over 200 yards rushing, and they lost those three games by 17 points per game. Josh Jackson is a mobile quarterback. He's a sophomore. He'll be better in the system this year with uh, Fuentes' tutelage, and more importantly, let's be honest, I mean, he started fast week one last year against West Virginia. They had a good game plan in place. I'm not sold on Florida State being an elite team. I Not defensively. Cam- no, but I, 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 love yeah. I love Cam Akers. I love Cam Akers, but that's the M.O. for Florida State still, even with Francois back because you lose Tate at the wide receiver position. Guys, this was an offense last year that rushed for over 200 in six games they were five and one in those ball games and won those five games by seventeen point seven points per game. But oh, by the way, Virginia Tech did hold five opponents under hundred yards rushing last year, five and zero, and they won those five games by thirty and a half points per game. So you got strength versus strength. I like Bud Foster. I like Justin Fuente, and I like the mobility. Of Josh Jackson, and that's why I'm
3: calling for the upset. Little movement over at BetDSI in this football game. Uh, Florida State now six-and-a-half-point uh, favorite, Here's so the thing we'll too. have to buy that half-point to make game? it seven. We saw
1: Northwestern with a conference game, with a, a four months of preparation, go into West Lafayette and get the victory 31-27. to 27. If you're going to get Virginia Tech's best effort week one, it comes in Tallahassee with Willie Taggart. I mean, it's a conference game. They have to be
2: up, even minus the suspensions. Yeah, I like Florida State. I, I think my bigger concern for Florida State, especially over the last couple of years, is where's the physicality on defense. You brought it up, Joe. Last year they struggled they defensively. Quit last year, Rich, and they? I don't see a lot of star power. Brian Burns, the defensive end, I think has a breakout junior season. Right. I think he heads off to the NFL after this year. I think he racks up double-digit sacks. But defensively, uh, this is not a team that's put on a lot of pressure. Uh, they let the team down last year when they lost the quarterback. So. Uh, I like Florida State slightly. It seems like you guys are on Virginia Tech.
3: It's tough for kids. to. You talk about their their willpower in the trenches last year. Tough for kids to sell out for a university when the coach is – secretly plotting to yeah. leave,
1: right? Oh, it's hard. It's it's hard, you know, yeah. and and you can't expect 18, 19-year-old <laughs> That's old what kids. I wonder about the Maryland game today, guys. Well, we're going to get to that. Hold that thought. Yeah. We're going to get to it. But what are these kids going to give? Exactly. Let's move on, though. Great game in Charlotte. West Virginia. Yes, I'm fired up for this against one. Against Rocky Top, Jeremy Pruitt, new head coach in Knoxville, taking over a program that was 0-8 an SEC play last year, four and eight overall. We do get Color Chris, the former Stanford standout, that does come over. He'll start today, and you get Madre London from Michigan State, former running back, that should add some infusion to an offense that only averaged nineteen point eight points per game. I love the passing attack of Will Greer. 34 touchdown passes last year. I think he forces Tennessee into a high-scoring game. I love... Did that against soft, soft Big 12 defenses. I don't, care. I don't care. West Virginia wins this ball game. 17 points or more. You're a numbers guy,
3: Joe, so you know love you know it. everything off the top of your head. You don't even have to look <laughs> this up. How many yards uh, per clip did West Virginia give up on the run? 5.8, 6.2 and now They gave ball. up 200
1: rushing 205 a lot. rushing yards per game, but how I'll much go with a, lot. How a, lot? a lot. How yeah, about <laughs> a, <laughs> a lot? A lot. Yeah, there's my professional answer. They gave up a lot, alright? A lot. Tennessee only averaged 117
2: rushing yards per game. They were an anemic offense. Will race. they not
3: be more physical now different, with Pruitt? Yeah, it's going to take you a couple of years. A couple years, though.
2: Different coach and also the offensive line of of Tennessee has been banged up the past couple of years. Healthy this year. I think they'll run the ball better. I'm concerned about that passing attack of West Virginia. That would be my big concern because Tennessee's uh, defensive backfield was completely turned over. They were completely remodeled. I think they'll struggle, not just Will Greer, but obviously David Sills, Gary Jennings. They have a ton of options on the outside and Greer, in my opinion, is the best passer in the country the one player i like defensively for west virginia david long
1: I, uh, david long the
2: linebacker is fantastic i think now that he's healthy he'll have a big season he could have an all-american season i like west virginia but you know tennessee is just a bit of an unknown right now i just I mean, don't Nidma. know what to expect from this team as the year progresses you're right when we get into the second half of the year you'll see more of that defensive physicality out of jeremy pruitt's team but early on yeah. i don't know it's i think Starling he's under I'm sorry. is it Garantano I or think Chris? It's, I think it's
1: Chris. Okay. I think it's Chris. But let me just. Say I think this. they're going Garantano. Actually, that's I if they yeah. go Garantano, I was, wasn't so. I, 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 I think It could be. Listen, uh, it could be back and forth. Chris right? Was great. I heard Chris was great in the fall camp. That's why I'm not believing. But my Garantano. deal is
3: here, guys. Do you really want to lay? It's nine and a half points at DSI right now. Yeah, you want I, to lay? I would lay it. I'm going to simplify
1: you. this. You want to lay nine and a half points yes. with a Big Twelve team against an SEC team? I'll tell you why. Here's the thing. You look at SEC from a front seven perspective. Worst rush defense in the SEC last year. They allowed 251 rushing yards per game. They only gave up 160 passing yards per game because teams in the SEC pounded their front seven. They haven't faced a, 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 an offensive attack like West Virginia up-tempo that's going to challenge them on each and every play, which will open up running y- lanes for Kennedy and McCoy later in that matchup.
3: And you're not going to be able to dress as well as you dress if you're laying double-digit
2: points uh, I mean, with Holgerson uh, laying, uh, on a uh, neutral field. I, I, on top,
1: I, yeah. I love the fact that it's on
2: a neutral field. Hey, I do. Uh, I'll Gabe, take a Tennessee, better quarterback. Seven straight wins on neutral fields. That's great. Nine straight opening day wins. I think Pruitt's underselling. He's last like year you know, with Georgia Tech. I mean, come won. on, Pruitt barely. said to give a
3: five hundred rushing yards to a triple option team. Pruitt said, listen, you know yeah, we got some pieces. We're a little further away than I thought. I think this guy's pulling a used car salesman bit. He's underselling. I think the balls are in the room frothing at the mouth right now, saying we're double-digit underdogs to this, like, spread offense, candy-ass offense. Come on, man. I'm not laying nine-and-a-half points. I know Tennessee are not a good football team. I know that it's going to take a couple of years for Pruitt to turn this thing around. Uh, but they still have talent, and I think they're – I just don't believe in West Virginia delaying this yeah, amount of points. They're
1: offensively challenged. They don't have an elite wide receiver. So so how are you going to beat West Virginia? You're going to have to run the football. But about Jennings? I mean, maybe not elite, but Jawan no, Jennings is he's, back he's this yeah, year. He can catch yeah, a full, he's a big wide receiver. Yeah, and yeah. You, can, you can match him up on nickelbacks and, and smaller defensive backs to create mismatch problems. But, again, it comes down to the quarterback position, inconsistent. In quarterback play. Even Keller Chris was not a quarterback that you say, wow, he, he could make every throw. He played within the system, and it was predicated off of running the football at Stanford and working off a of play action. If Tennessee cannot run the football consistently in this ball game, they're going to be forced into third down and long situations. And let's be honest, this was an offense last year that only converted 30% on third downs and did give up We're bet, if 45%. If you bet on Tennessee today, you're
3: not going to need here, your Joe. You're going to need Tennessee to create a couple of turnovers. You're going to need them to You're going to need them to early. create a couple of turnovers. Well, and give the give the offense a short field I can't to work take with.
2: That I would lay the ten points, guys. I mean, you're both on. Yeah, Tennessee. I'm laying. No, I'm 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 laying the points here too. I'm taking points as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Gotta, I'm taking. You're taking. Taking. Right. Give me the balls. Right. Makes me nervous when Gabe, Gabe's eyes are wide. Well, he's got a Vegas money. trend. He's got a Vegas trend. He's. See money. See you want to see him
1: at the Golden Nugget? He was he was hat on backwards. He was
2: sporting a Culpepper jersey. I loved it. I was he it. was he humming like Eminem songs? I, yeah,
3: I got a lot of cracks about my Raider Dante Culpepper uh, jersey. People oh. are like, there, you get that for free.
1: Well, here's another battle. I i re- all in with Texas this year, guys. Texas and Maryland. I They're mean, a very trendy team, the Longhorns, this year. 51 I to 41. That's how they opened up their year last year. A loss last year to DJ. The revenge American, game, you're right. Double-digit exactly loss. Fairy dust, guys. What do you think we're playing with fairy dust? That's going to take a while, right? That's, yeah. That was take a Herman right. impression, uh, by the wow, way. Wow. He better step up this year. Ellinger gets the start. I'm all in with Texas's defense. Now, you look at Maryland last year. They allowed a, a 190 rushing yards per game. They allowed seven of their 13 opponents to rush for over 200 guys. They were, lost all seven of those games and lost those seven games by 28.7 points per game. I like the physicality on the offensive-defensive lines for Texas. Ellinger will be able to make plays on the perimeter. And Texas' defense held opposing offenses last year to only 27% on third downs. I'm going in with the Longhorns in a big revenge
2: spot here on the road. I got a number for you, Joe. Uh, Texas, Mm -hmm. last six games against Big Ten opponents... 1-5 1-5 against the spread. Is Maryland a Big Ten opponent? Though? Yes, they are. Are they? Uh, and so they after still guess technically. Yeah. Technically. They're after like Rutgers. Technically. 1-6 against wow. the spread. Wow. I know. I like Maryland to be really? in this game. Yeah, I do I for like 60 minutes. One of my best bets. Herman's big weekend. best bet. Like, you, you were know, talking best uh, bet listen, this, as a dog, was, right? This was a an 8 or 9, 9.5 point game yeah. until the scandal with DJ Durkin. I like the talent of Maryland. They put up 51 on Texas in last year's opener and didn't have... A quarterback healthy. Now they have Kassim Hill. Now they have Terrell Pigrome. They have Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. Ty Johnson in the backfield. They have their entire offensive line back. Defensive line. Joe is going to be on Texas no matter what happens.
1: i got to go with the physical. <laughs> defensive
2: line. You've got Jesse Annabonum was out. Their sack leader from 2016. Out all of last year. He's back. Byron Cowart, the former five-star recruit of Auburn, had a great offseason. I think people are underestimating Maryland because of the situation with DJ Durkin, pound for pound personnel, just personnel. I think this is about a seven or a seven and a half point spread. The game is in Maryland. Yes, right. Game is in yep. the FedEx field. field, neutral field. Yeah. So yeah, the neutral wearing, field, like, uh, but Oregon—they always lose
3: on neutral field. I
2: think Maryland is in this. throughout I think it's a four-quarter game. I love getting the. I've mostly 13 agreed with Rich throughout the
3: program, but now I'm on Team Joe. <laughs> I'm on Team Joe. I think Texas and Herman have been frothing, man. All summer long, double-digit loss last year. You don't think it burns him? He's a competitive guy. You know it kills him that he lost that game, his first game yes. like that to, to Maryland. I think it's too much to overcome, and I wonder when when it starts to get hot and it's a little muggy midway through the third quarter and these kids on Texas are wearing on, on, on the Terps and the Terps are thinking, these son of a bitches, they killed my friend. These guys, they don't care about us, this damn school. I really got to wonder uh, about this. How how far they're going to dig down deep? It's, they're going to they're going to play for themselves, and I get it. And they're going to they're going to play for McNair, and you know they're going to be the, the players will be a unit here. But I, I I I think it's too much to overcome here.
1: I, I really do. Here's what I look at too: twenty eight percent for Maryland's offense on third down conversions. They only pass for one hundred and sixty one yards per game. I know Ellinger was an elite but he still completed 57% of his passes, 1,900 yards. If Texas yards, gets good quarterback touchdowns, play. touchdowns, 7 yeah. interceptions. What about the wide receivers? I mean, yeah, C- I, I Colin like Johnson wide, matched up it. against big, that secondary. physical I mean, wide that's receivers. the matchup I look at. And let's just say Ellinger struggles early. He can always go to Shane Bouchelle, who dominated that bowl win over Missouri, that's why I like Texas here. And, again, they're playing with house money. This is the defense. Let's be honest. House the, money?
2: They have to win this game. Yeah, they're not but playing again, with house money. But, but they're, they're a 13-point favorite. How is that house but money? That's <laughs> <his laughs> pressure. No pressure. No, 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 no pressure. pressure. No, no pressure. House money. No, there's a Louisville was playing with house money. Well, Mar- Texas house is, money is not playing with house money. House money. Oh, yeah, and, Tom, Tom, not not from loses veteran, his game. He's going to want to go back to the strip club. Here's
1: the thing. A lot of pressure and negativity surrounding Maryland. Texas is under the radar at this point. Nobody's expecting. Only thing that worries me, Joe, Nobody's about Texas. going all, the all off no, how they Everybody's picking every, Texas to win the Big Twelve. I'm the World. only one that's the only, them, only no thing way, that worries way. me, that's guys. My boy Steele had him pick. No way. Did Phil Steele pick him for the no Big way. Twelve? He has the has only one one thing that worries teams. me about rising, Texas He didn't pick him for the Big Twelve though. He has. Don't no worry problem. about Phil Steele. On. The only thing that worries me about
3: Texas is. Are they going to come in here thinking, you know what, all the hype, we got USC in two weeks? To me, that's they the big one. They need to win
1: this game. They're, They're gonna
3: going to win this football game. They'll take care of business against Tulsa. And then the you Tom can't. Herman signature win is they beat the USC Trojans in two weeks. They need to win that Fear game.
2: the
1: turtle. We'll see. Fear we're just getting started. We're, Turtles we're are slow. And now we're number two. Keep it where it is.